Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi, everyone. And joining us for episode one of season five, he's a writer whose work has been featured in Paste and Bandcamp. It's Devin Chodson. How's it going? Yo, super good. How about y'all? No, I mean, I think we, we, we've we discussed, we've gotten out of the way that we're all in various states of, um, uh, what would you call it? Just exhaustion? <laughs> Disarray, even. Like, <laughs> I, you know, no one's seeing this video, hopefully, but <laughs> I'm coming to you um, from under a blanket, like, <laughs> which is a state. I, I like to keep the podcast outfit professional because that is you know the state that I would like to record in most episodes but today I just can't even like I look like um one of those Jedi Padawans not to bring that energy in here but the energy's already rancid we're uh we're struggling but we're we're gonna turn turn it all around for Devin Devin you've you've come at at an interesting time (laughs) (laughs) I a pivotal moment. Yeah. A pivotal moment in both uh, your lives and in this show, starting a whole new yes. season just a few months after uh, everything went uh, awry, as it always tends to in the end of their seasons. And here we go with a whole new journey. Truly, this was such a fantastic episode. Oh my yeah. God. I really maybe one of my favorite episodes but before we get into the episode i'd love to hear about your experience with girls like how did you come to the show <laughs> always a fan this came to me a little bit later um i was in high school when this show started um and when lena dunham's ascent kind of began um but when i got to college i went to kenyon which is sort of like a slightly more uptight Oberlin, just a couple hours away. And a lot of, there's a lot of comparisons that get made, like students are trying to outweird each other sometimes and Kenyon always loses. Um, But the discourse of like Lena Dunham's existence and girls was like very much on fire at school. But I was, I've also been like historically so bad at TV but when everything shut down for covid i like got a I, like i had to get good at tv cuz mm-hmm. like what else was i going to do i was living effectively by myself um and so when everyone was rewatching glee i rewatched glee when everyone was rewatching girls i hopped on that train i made it several seasons stopped started again stopped started again just like I like these people remind me so much of the people I went to school with and remind Mm -hmm. me very much of various iterations of myself at times that like it can be hard to just go through it episode by episode by episode and season by season so I really did have to like break it up into chunks yeah, and if you're watching Glee at the same time, too, I mean, the irreparable psychic damage that, I mean, I I don't, Julia, were you a Glee person? I watched 
glee when it was on i watched like i think i must have stopped somewhere because some of the plot lines people bring up i'm like what <laughs> but i definitely i was around you know i yeah. <laughs> there are actually some mashups that are like burned into my brain like don't stand so close to me and young girl <laughs> mm-hmm. for some reason yeah is not leaving my brain ever no, there are definitely certain Glee cover versions that, um, you know, have stood the test of time in a way. But like, I I watched Glee and Girls as they were both airing concurrently, and I found that very destabilizing to like binge <laughs> both of those two things either at the same time or in like quick succession during a catastrophic pandemic event. I don't think my psyche would have been able to handle that. Uh-uh, I don't think so either. I <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on, but also I I I commend you. So that that was your last viewing of Girls mm-hmm. Pandemic Era? That was my last viewing. Um I did a decent amount of rewatch over the long weekend just mm-hmm. to like prep myself and it was a blast, of course, mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. kind of now in a very similar space to like I can remember when Hannah's just like I'm four years removed from college and I'm like I'm four years removed from college oh my god how are we doing in comparison to each other right now Mm -hmm. um so and and then this I think at this stage also I've gotten like a much stronger ear for what different musical eras are Mm -hmm. and Rewatching a bunch of episodes and listening to the soundtrack and thinking about what was going on at that time and what's going on now, especially with the discourse around like, what is indie sleaze? Are these things indie sleaze? Um, I was laughing a lot to myself about just the silliness of New York and what people think is happening and what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a great episode for like hipster trends even too because i mean between the the flower crown at the wedding the like repurposed lace everything even the lord huron needle drop that closed out the episode which God, yeah. i found touching but that's lord huron is so 2015 <laughs> like, i did too i saw great. lord huron in 2013 the first time my parents let me take the car out by myself was to go see lord huron <laughs> Like, I am implicated in this, too. (laughs) But Um, as a more recent viewer of the show, like, obviously the show has such a reputation as being a little bit controversial and a little cringy at times. Um, How do you think it not holds up, I guess, so much as, like, do you actually find it to be as, like, cringy and controversial as people kind of made it seem before you watched it? Not exactly. I mean, I think what what they were doing, I think, was definitely forward thinking. Like we like for for decades now, we have had comedies and dramedies where the main characters are unlikable people or are mm-hmm. faults like full of faults and full of problems that just like will not resolve themselves. But I think the way that it was approached on girls was quite intrepid at the time 
And I think in terms of like how it held up when I watched it a couple years back for the first time and how it holds up now revisiting it, I think it's predictive of a number of things. I don't think we were talking quite as much about weaponized therapy speak then as we are now. Um, and there are other just things that have emerged from thinking about the New York experience and young adulthood that are surprising. I think, um, did it court controversy in a way that maybe it deserves some controversy? Of course, but like, that's a good thing. We talk, like, it makes us talk about it. I think it's kind of like when people are trying to figure out if tar is good in a way, like it, do it almost doesn't matter because people are still talking about it. Yeah. I yeah, haven't I'll seen tar yet. <laughs> so I'll have to take your word for it. How have you not seen tar yet? I'm shocked by that. I was in grad school. You think I have three hours to sit and watch a movie on Peacock? Like I don't... I'm in grad school too. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have no excuse. I out, but I'll, I, that is all to say, I'll just have to take your word for it. And uh, Lena Dunham and Kate Blanchett are our two uh, foremost geniuses for sure. <laughs> You know what? I can live with that. <laughs> Which girl do you find yourself most identifying with? I think I most strongly identify with Marnie. Um, like I've talked about this at length with my partner and we're, we kind of both identify ourselves as kind of cuspy between two girls. They identify a little between like Hannah Jessa and I'm a little more Marnie Jessa. I would say definitely in my day-to-day -day, everything, I am much more Marnie. I am much more type A. I am very much like a person who has expectations out of what I'm going to set my life up to be. And the thing that I hear you two really go back to with thinking about Marnie is like, Marnie did everything quote unquote right. Like going to college, landing these jobs, doing these things by the book. And to an extent, I think, especially pre-pandemic, I was really like nose in the book kind of like that. And then I think when I got jostled and just kind of like had to sit with myself, I was like, I can relax a little bit. Um, so maybe that's where some of the Hannah comes in. Um, but oh my gosh, when Marnie is like in a moment because her life isn't working out exactly how she planned i really just like my heart goes out to her, her poor baby mm -hmm. this is a big episode for marnie's life not going exactly as she planned yeah yeah she kind of thinks it i don't know heart it's like definitely the event has its ups and downs yeah it's a catalyst it's it's moving her in an interesting new direction um, oh god i know yeah you're in good company though uh as i'm sure you know if you've listened to the podcast true is big marnie yeah and this is such a well it's a horrible marnie season for a few episodes but the arc is so great like i love season five because everyone's arcs are so rich um and everyone feels so transformative but some of the best episodes of the show period um like the cabin episode which is coming up and obviously panic in central park 
our season five Marnie centric episodes. So I'm just I'm thrilled to talk about our girl. Um, this was also a, a fabulous episode. I thought too, like one that I sort of forgot about a little bit. But I mean, I guess should we recap what happened last episode before we go in? Yeah, please, Drew, take it away. Okay. Last episode, Hannah rejected Adam after Caroline gives birth. Jessa vows to become a therapist. Shosh got a job offer in Japan and debated whether or not to be a kept woman in New York with Jason Ritter. And Marty was stood up by Desi at a label showcase, uh, but she sang so well, Whitney Houston cried in heaven. And the episode ended with a six-month flash forward to Hannah and Fran holding hands in the snow, which now we are, I believe, a few months after that in the springtime for Marnie's wedding to Desi, which it's easy to forget because we watch these episodes sequentially like people had to wait a full year and I'm sure a lot of people kind of myself included thought that Desi would be gone for season Mm. five and that we would not have this at all I don't know I that's an interesting point I don't remember how I thought at the time but boy boy oh boy was I glad that she saw this through Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm my god this I really I do forget this is maybe one of my favorite episodes I I feel like it I I've watched Beach House to Death but I have not I don't think I've revisited this episode since it aired and wow Mm -hmm. it's fresh baby I I love seeing uh everyone getting ready for the wedding Shosh has her amazing her her like bleach blonde kind of PC Bob, she's so cute. Fresh from uh Tokyo, she's back from Tokyo, and everyone's getting ready for the wedding at some like chic little farm. Yeah, Shosha's, you know, we've talked at length about Shosha's incredible hair on this show, but the I mean, she was giving Nicki Minaj like Harajuku Barbie. Like that's what this was. It was unbelievable. It worked on her. Like, when I think of Shosha in Japan, I think of the platinum blondes, like, Bob from the actual Japan episode, which is also coming up. I'm so excited about that, too. Like, but I had totally forgot about the shaggy Bob. It's just perfect. Perfect. I love um, Shosh saying that she didn't invite her long-distance startup boyfriend because she takes her bridesmaids duties really seriously <laughs> like I feel like Shosh is the perfect bridesmaid yeah like 100% and it got me really excited to watch her wedding at the end of season yeah. six too which is another one of my favorite the seasons five and six are really good seasons of tv <laughs> like in general um I also loved Jessa's like robe kimono fairy wear where she just like swans through the field into the house and predicts that it's gonna rain like Jessa is someone I would not want there on the wedding day no but she she, like swam in the pond or something like that like Mm -hmm. just came from like living her like pixie fantasy yeah she says she bathed in the stream and ran through the field to dry herself (laughs) I think she's still high oh. off of um, 
like thinking she should be a therapist after mm-hmm. she but you know what she has this uncan like this crazy way of saving the day even though she's infuriating she's we'll get to it but she kind of saves mm-hmm. the day Barney's wedding um and then meanwhile while Jessa's looking like that Hannah is wearing a sweatshirt that says <laughs> I woke up like this which like you can tell we uh-huh. know like you didn't have to say it <laughs> oh my god I love Hannah as a um ardent Beyonce fan yeah <laughs> no, that means this era Beyonce so funny this I... was the age of all those kale sweaters like this all tracked perfectly <laughs> oh, completely I also I really I did I think I'd like to hear your opinions who would you least want and most want by your side on your wedding day I think Hannah I, I would want the least she's really giving negative energy I agree with that um and I also would absolutely be the Marnie in a situation like this like as I have control freak tendencies in a lot of ways but never as much as when it comes to events so I've never been in a position to be a bridezilla but like I can I can imagine myself being a very overly polite passive aggressive bridezilla like this like this is synergy I could not have a Hannah in my event like that I used to run like street festivals for a living and having one of like some like dead weight on the committee was terrifying so then having it at this like very fragile precarious wedding who was also supposed to be your best friend I mean like her mother puts it bluntly when she says why do you even try with this girl yeah I mean Mm -hmm. she put it well she really is dead weight at this wedding i mean she invites fran into the bridesmaid suite which i mean okay if you don't who cares on one hand but on all my other hands i care get him out of here like i (laughs) (laughs) no like i completely it's such a faux pas it's it's stupid but don't it's it's a faux pas and she's so clueless um, I love Marnie whispering to Shosh, like, get him out of here. She says, he has an actual penis. He is a man and he's not supposed to be in here. <laughs> and then she lets Shosh try to shoo him away. And then she's like, oh, no. I mean, <laughs> if, you know, if Shosh wants you to go, then go. But like, I don't mind. I love Shosh's face hearing that. Just the <laughs> jaw on the floor. Like, what just happened? <laughs> oh yeah some great great lines from Marnie in this episode I'll say it yeah they really um they nailed the character work and this this whole little sequence was such a mini one act play almost I (laughs) loved it also it I just am now realizing this in real time this is yet another one of those girls episodes that all takes place in one location and every single one of them is a total banger (laughs) like really yeah perfect I I loved this episode yeah it was perfectly contained in that way and really made you rely on the the dialogue and kind of just the honestly the costuming played a huge Mm -hmm. role 
Oh yeah, I loved when we got into the boys suite, which also also really made me laugh. Um, Adam and his skinny tie and skinny suit was so like 2015 New York hipster at a wedding. Um, he looks great though. Him and Fran non-verbally communicating <laughs> to each other was maybe the most I laughed all episode too. That yeah. one's a classic. That one's so and it's such a like adam has done that at various points throughout the show and he just reminds me of one of those people who's just like tense but not tense because they're just 100 intense and being able to hold intensity from like cogent sentences into non-verbal like or semi-verbal pre-verbal gestures is like that's a level of acting that is unreal yeah. unparalleled yeah, that's really true. I mean, just also even their physical chemistry. Those <laughs> those two actors together on screen, you're like these men could not be more different. Yeah, J- Jake Lacey is also a phenomenal actor, and we didn't get to see him do a ton last season. Um, but he's just he's so good all episode as. Like, he's kind of getting sucked up in the drama a little bit, too. Um, He's just, he's a great physical comedian. Like, he's he's so good playing these kind of, like, awkward, like, Fran's not really a dick, but, like, these, like, normal guys who, like, know that they're the normal guy among the crazy people and get, like, a little bit superior. But it's, it was great. I, I, um... I also would like to point out that Andrew Rannells was looking extra juicy this episode ah. in his yoga wear. Like, no, that like the facial hair is wonderful. It's giving scruff for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. And the underwear, this is something I've noticed with him. They consistently put him in those horizontal, two color striped like boxer briefs. Yeah, and those are so gay (laughs) that is a canonical gay underwear that and moreover like a very 2015 2016 gay underwear I had a pack of those um way back in college like they were my like late college underwear um I can see why people like them but like it is you know we gotta shout out Jen Rogan again for getting every detail right down to the wire like it's a it's unreal. I also really appreciated that Desi's um, wingman, best man, was named Wolfie. That tracked to me. Yeah, that was great. I had to rewind. I was like, wait, what What did he say his name was? Yeah, oh, Wolfie. Got it. It's <laughs> so great. I mean, I love Desi's whole spiel here in the boy suite. Um, he's thanking everyone. He says, thank you, Wolfie. Uh he says, Adam, my comrade in arts, arms, Mr. Rabbit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Wait, he wears a I lot thought, ball. Sorry, go. No, I thought that was a nod to, um, do you remember the Donald Sterling scandal where V. Stiviano, do you remember the mistress V. Stiviano in the woman who wore all those visors and like blew the whistle on him being a real racist and then he got kicked out of the NBA? She did this interview with Barbara Walters in which she called herself Mr. Sterling's right-hand arm in his silly rabbit. 
and I took that for whatever I, I was like is I ha this has to be a, a Donald Sterling sounds... <laughs> that I have never heard of that in my life is that something I should have heard about Julia it's life? it's so good <laughs> I'll send it to you afterwards okay, please. I think gay twitter like has it on like as an anniversary like every year we have to post it mm -hmm. <laughs> all right I need to be clued in um I I love him comparing Elijah to Lucille Ball though. I I need to <laughs> That was so funny. Oh, this so... episode is full of good jokes. Yeah. Just, like other sources of humor. We come back to it like every episode, but like the 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 like jam-packed humor in mm -hmm. every sentence. It's just like how do you just do it one after another? Yeah, the little detail that well, A, not only does Desi not remember Fran's name, but they've been on a solo bike ride together. <laughs> like, to be a fly on the wall, those two trying to find any sort of common ground, but then ending the that truly uncomfortable interaction with, I love your name, Fran. I love oh. you, Fran. And Jake Lace mumbling, I love you too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You know exactly why they were on a solo bike bike ride together. You know that Marnie was like, "You two need to be friends." Like Hannah's my best friend. I just think it's it's it is a great detail to include because mm -hmm. that's the subtext. I love it. I also love Bridget Everett as Bebe, the stylist. <laughs> yes, she did Sophia Sophia Bush's wedding or. Sophia Bush's makeup for her sister's wedding, yeah, which becomes less believable with each passing moment. I like when she says at Sophia Bush's sister's wedding or whatever that she was allowed to bring her thirty-year-old daughter, and then shows <laughs> like, "Do you have a thirty-year-old daughter? When did you have her?" She's like, "I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> it's also oh, it's just so it's everything about her is so funny and weird. Um. I I don't know how Marnie found her, but I love that she just found someone with a tenuous like celebrity connection. Um, and it turns out to be so incompatible because then she's like, I was just at Van's Warped Tour and Vanessa Hudges was in the pit with one of these flower, flower crowns on. And you know, just imagine Marnie at Warped Tour. Can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine myself at Warped Tour, let alone like a proper Marnie. Uh, no, like the warp tour mentality does not jive at all with Marnie's Ralph Lauren meets Joni Mitchell wedding that she's conceived for herself. Like, and I, you know, she just found this woman off of Instagram. Like, there's no way she was gonna get the Laurel Canyon look or whatever. Like, she says she also wants to nod to her heritage, which is white Christian woman. <laughs> <laughs> that sent me. <laughs> oh, so funny. Oh, my God. And Bebe uh, Be misinterprets it. Uh, she says Laurel Canyon classic. And Bebe um, says, so like a Selena Gomez type look. And just the frustration in Marnie's face is so perfectly conveyed. Just that nope let me start over <laughs> a you know seamless perfect love it so good yeah Bridget Everett is such a national treasure and like, like if people are not watching somebody somewhere please go do it but also after Marnie drops the Christian line her saying Laurel Candy and Jesus Selena Gomez got it <laughs> <laughs> not listening at all no. um 
Somehow, though, Jessa got out unscathed, like, from the hair and makeup nightmare. Her and her curlers was shocking, but then the end result was so good. I was like, oh, you definitely just, like, ran out of the house while Bebe was there and did not get it. What do we think about the scene with Jess and Adam? I It irritated me. Like, they make out, they're, like, smoking cigarettes, and then they start making out, and they're just, you know, so above the whole wedding. I think just as someone who's currently planning a wedding, I'm like, shut up. Like, just, I don't know. They they were both, um, they did their parts, and you don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to be the maid of honor, but just their attitudes were annoying me. <laughs> it makes sense for their juxtaposed, like, the the maturity level they think they have and the maturity level they actually have. Right. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Was this the first time they made out? I can't remember. Yes. Okay. Sorry, Devin, what were you saying? No, I, I, I guess I was just thinking, like, it's always hard when you have, like, a plot you want to move and, you like, this is just how you have to do it, especially when you're, like, given yourself the constraint of everything is going to happen in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was done, like, definitely irritating in a way that, like, I think is supposed to be irritating, maybe, but I can't tell. Sure. They do have really good chemistry with each other. Yeah, undeniable. You, it, it's it's palpable, and it's been palpable for a, a little while. So, like it's interesting to see how it manifests like here and in the rest of everything coming forward. Mm-hmm. It was nice to just like, we, you know, they're, they're cute together and like, they do have very simpatico worldviews. This did feel a little bit out of nowhere within the context of this episode though. Like I, in my head, I thought this got its own full episode a little later in the season but and maybe that's still coming but I don't necessarily remember but um we cut back to the guys suite Ray and Fran are hanging out which a gruesome twosome I love together um and Ray is asking Fran all these like jokily uncomfortable questions about him and Hannah's relationship that really made me laugh yeah he asks um do you know how she feels about transgender politics or the afterlife and he says like men men today suck the spirit out of women who are so fucking spirited so he's i mean he's saying some in a very heavy-handed way he's saying some true things some you know interesting questions but he's obviously projecting because he then admits that he's still in love with marnie mm-hmm and I, I don't know I could have seen that one coming but it's I don't know it's it's also just so funny to see Fran thrown into the middle of this yeah because he clearly doesn't know Marnie or Desi well at all so this is all just like he's along for the ride but um Ray gives a little speech about how he's not gonna interfere he's gonna just let people make their own mistakes and if she wants to be happy she can happy and then immediately desi storms out um wolfie in tow getting cold feet and he like runs out of the the guy's suite saying that he's not gonna get married Mm -hmm. incredible incredible timing 
Um, the detail that he's been married eight times, insane. Engaged eight times. Engaged eight times. <laughs> Wait, married eight times, not married eight times. Engaged no, never went through with the wedding uh, until <laughs> until this time. But yeah, he, we'll get to uh, what, what becomes of Desi later. Um, but yeah, so we see him storm out and then we're back to, back to the bridal suite. Oh my God, Marnie and her mom, Rita Wilson fighting about <laughs> Bebe's whole thing. <laughs> also just fighting about Marnie's vision. Like Rita doesn't want Marnie to wear the flower crown and says she looks like a Starbucks cup. <laughs> that was, was so, that was such a good read. Oh my God. True. I mean, Rita Wilson <laughs> is a perfect Marnie's mom. I also love marnie's mom because the other thing she says that absolutely just like knocked the wind out of me was she's like oh i wore shoulder pads to my wedding and i regret it every day marnie's like well don't you regret that all those pictures involve you standing next to that sex addict and she's like well it was kind of fun for a little while (laughs) perfect like i love every example in this show of mothers being inappropriate with their daughters Mm -hmm. because all my friends from college who I see like as like analogs of these characters have mothers who are the exact same way. Like yeah. Apple does not fall far from the tree and art imitates life. And her line about, um, or maybe it was, I think it was Marnie who said that she, that um, Bill de Blasio's daughter wore a flower crown at her wedding. Uh-huh. really hit home this week given that uh bill and his wife announced their essentially announced their like open relationship in the new york times <laughs> to be the publicist who fed that story oh that had to it. be a fun, fun day at the office really oh my god oh also marnie revealing that um she was inspired by an edward sharp music video <sighs> That is that makes too much sense. Yeah, great detail. Too uh, much sense, and also like Edward Sharp would have been dated in 2015, even like <laughs> we were all in high school when Edward Sharp was popular. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, the whole just back and forth between Marnie Bebe and Marnie's mom is so funny, and uh, Bebe chooses to move on to Hannah, who's not having it, and then accidentally burns hannah with a straightening iron yeah and then hannah obviously has such a bad attitude she storms out then and this is when we get the line about um from rita wilson being like i don't know why you keep investing time in that girl like yeah hannah's just being so selfish i mean very true to her character just given the most annoying lines in this episode yeah she and Fran do have a cute little chemistry, though. Like, they both kind of find respite from the nightmares in the the grooms and brides suites mm-hmm. um, by having sex in a car. And then that's when um, Fran reveals that Desi has been engaged eight times and that the ring that he purchased for Clementine was the ring that he used to propose to Marty whoa whoa mic drop and then hannah's of course like i have to tell marnie right now and uh, fran's like D- 
do not do that. Please do not tell Marnie. And in that moment, I thought, I mean, I can see both sides, but do not tell Marnie right now. The thing that I think got me about Fran in that moment was he was like, I told you this in confidence. Like, I think he's, that he kind of reveals a certain imperfection there where he's like, I don't want you to tell Marnie because I told you and I wanted this to be like our moment of confidence in this like respite mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know cone of silence um oh my god so but yeah telling Marnie right now would have been absurd yeah not not a good idea at all <laughs> but, but like would you want to know that beforehand maybe yes. not on the wedding day and obviously circumstances were circumstantial on this at this point but I think I would want to know something like that even if it tanked the whole day because that it you know it's a it's a deal breaker right but you're not it's not confirmed you know hearsay it, it's yeah at, at the moment it's it's yeah. not so I I see both sides but it's also like just she's I don't know you're, you're gonna ruin the entire day and she's probably gonna go through it with it anyway yeah. it was so funny when Hannah said you don't know what Marnie might miss because Fran's like she might already know this yeah. Hannah's like there's no way yeah and oh, you know yeah. what she's right <laughs> and Julie you make a very excellent point that Marnie probably would have gone through with this anyway like she would have gotten so mad at Hannah and still just chugged forward as is the marnie way just knowing her character that is probably like she can't (sighs) she can't have her perfect day not happen you know she can't leave her wedding well the turn oh wait before we get to that actually ray runs after desi who is like face down in the pond on the farm um and like talks him out this was a sweet scene like noble ray saving the wedding um i don't know i just i think it's funny how ray apparently has so much power over desi like looking back on when he kind of like called him out at the coffee shop and then ray or and then desi you know didn't show up at the showcase and then he now he's like you need to go marry her and he says okay i have a fucking woman to marry quote unquote it's just it's interesting yeah desi's such a bozo like he's like what a goofball like i got a little fucking woman to marry and he like huffed and puffed out of the lake like evan moss backrack the great physical comedian too once again like props to him but um I feel like Gray gets a lot of these noble speeches towards the latter half of the show. Mm-hmm. And it does get a little repetitive for me. Like he can't always be the like voice of reason who's like talking people out of scrapes like this. Yeah, that's a good point. But maybe this is just me and my longtime skepticism for the Ray Marnie romance. So maybe I'm just I might just have sour persimmons about this. Like but I will say this, the single biggest laugh I had all episode was, I don't know the song that they were playing during the getting ready montage, but when Marnie turned around and she had a full face of RuPaul's Drag Race makeover makeup on, I screamed out loud. 
Oh, it was so much. It was crazy. I mean, it it was a great, great bit of comedy, especially because it was so much, but not not even in a comedic way, in a realistic way. Yeah. She looked like Magnolia Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Like I I have not seen that much lip liner on a human being in a long time. Like and I had to, so I did a little deep dive on this because I was like, did I, I just need to know more about what happened here. Um, apparently Allison Williams herself in like was the lead consultant on this. Like she oh directed God. the makeup artist for the show to give her the worst trends for her particular face to get this look. So like so good weird. on Allison for no not only knowing her angles but knowing her bad angles and leaning in because this was truly shocking oh my god that's hilarious I I love that so much I mean just her entire bridal look I'd be curious if she had any input in the anything else she wore or her hair because the hair doesn't work either I mean it's all bad the uh what she ends up with is gorgeous. We'll get there. But um, just the whole like boho chic wedding with the extreme makeup. I also love Bebe saying the dress is plain. So you have to you have to weigh it down with the face, which makes no sense. <laughs> Not even a little bit, but it was classic Marnie when Hannah comes in and like actively yelps at the, oh at the face God. like. Marnie just parrots that talking point as if she knows what she's talking about at all. So fucking funny. The funniest thing when she yelled. She was like, you look like you went to Hershey, Pennsylvania and just (laughs) threw, like, smudges her face. Like, (laughs) you look shellacked. That was my favorite word, shellacked. (laughs) She did like in what they did to show too with the like flip curl bob like she looked like the Morton Salt girl. (laughs) (laughs) Really awful. Just got awful. And then Shosh had a pretty extreme look too. Yeah that was a bold red lip. (laughs) (laughs) Like she the the whole thing um have you all seen little shop of horrors the musical yeah she looked like um audrey not the plant the woman audrey from <laughs> from little shop of horrors <laughs> like, <laughs> a little bit it was very it was a very lip forward look for the shamanet um but baby then quits because she, she i mean they are being super rude to her but to be fair the job was not well done um, and no. she calls them an army full of twats and then leaves. I loved that. Um, an army of twats. It's I'm just sure. shocking. It's a shocking word here. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is. Oh God, but so good. I So she quits and then Marnie freaks out and locks herself in the bridal suite bathroom and Hannah runs after her. Um, and then you know, one of the best scenes of the season, maybe, between the two of them. Yeah, I think of of the entire show, almost. I mean, this was definitely the best written scene of the episode, and the gradual 
realization that Hannah has that her honesty about her own feelings is just completely out of place and inappropriate for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So well written, so well acted by Lena. Um, And I thought that the ending little shot of this scene after Hannah lies to her and says that um, Marnie should go through with it, that she's making the right decision. And they hug and it kind of pans in on Hannah eyes darting around the bathroom and frowning I thought that was so like a little heartbreaking moment just yeah really really well done Marnie asks basically asks her she says like sometimes you just need to pretend that I'm doing the right thing and that's exactly what Hannah does she's like okay you know I I am pretending because this is not the right thing um yeah that that was a little heartbreaking um but you know, they they leave the bathroom and Jessa <laughs> is also shocked at Marnie's face. Um, and Jessa saves the day again with her makeup artist, like hairstyling, you know, what can't she do? Yeah. Well, she is the boho queen. Like, why didn't they just bring her in in the first place? Like, everyone gets a nice clean face. I... Look, I know sour or sour crowns, flower crowns are basic and very much a relic of the past, but I have always been a sucker for a flower crown. And I oh, they're thought, super cute. They're so cute. And I thought that um I thought Marnie's side braid was really nice. Like mm-hmm. definitely a stuck in time kind of aesthetic. Um but it oh, was sweet. It looked time. good. I also love the shot of Jessa using like a kitchen sponge to remove Marnie's makeup. <laughs> it's so good. But no, she she does make them all more, you know, natural makeup, you know, more natural hair. And it, it ends with like a really sweet scene of the girls running across the field. They have these uh, yellow ponchos on top of their dresses because it was just raining. And then the sun comes out and they take their ponchos off and it's it gave me goosebumps it was very sweet set to lord huron of course mm-hmm. of course i've listened to that song a few times since i watched the episode too like it's you know i that mumfordy kind of music does hit in the right circumstances you can see why it's so popular with music supervisors for uh sure. for moments like these but Devin, what did you think of the episode in total? And what do you think of the season in total? I think this episode is a is a highlight. Um, and I was reading reviews of it at the time just to think like, because I wasn't reading reviews when I was like binge watching. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what did people like on Vulture have to say? And everybody seemed pretty positive. So it felt really like nice to see just like, people appreciating the episode for what it offers which it offers a lot and then the season really is like a big kick in the pants Mm -hmm. um and i do agree i think we mentioned at the beginning like everybody gets a pretty well fleshed out arc um and it's wild to watch some of these arcs kind of hit the fan um and i think especially once you have more parent drama and more opportunities to see parent drama, you get to see all the ways in which the girls mirror their parents in a fun way that Mm -hmm. 
a few of the like i think like the next episode in particular i think the next one is what good man that one is Ooh, i don't another parent drama moment yeah i don't remember so this is one of the seasons four and five are the seasons where the order of episodes is a little fuzzy to me and some of the plot points i'm not i don't have total recall for so that it's gonna <laughs> it's not gonna be like like watching for the first time but like one of the yeah. I think one of the reasons I was so tickled by this episode was how fresh it felt um and I'm really excited for the rest of the season too like we've talked about this episode so many times over the course of um over the course of this podcast but the panic in Central Park which I think is only coming up in four or five episodes pretty close to my favorite episode of the show in total so also i will say i feel like a lot of comedies and dramas do wedding episodes and some of them really fall flat this is one that certainly didn't yeah i mean i think and everything you get to see each of the four kind of doing their most but all also in service of Marnie in this interesting way and in service, I suppose, of Hannah realizing what it might take to be a decent friend for a moment. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you don't actually see Marnie and Desi together this entire episode. No. Which I think is a really smart creative choice to foreground the relationships between like, you know, the girls, the girls themselves in this nice way. Um, and as a parallel to Beach House, which is another episode where they're all kind of at each other's throats at some point, it's nice to see this one come together again in like a moment of unity and like a tentative peace. Mm-hmm. So, Julia, should we move on to our final segments? Let's do it. Um, for our final segments, first we like to go through which girl we felt like in these specific episodes. So I personally felt like a Marnie. I mean, mainly because I'm planning a wedding right now. I do not think I'm that controlling of a bridezilla, but I get the angst she was feeling. Mm-hmm. I would say I felt a lot like a Shosh mm-hmm. because I, especially when I was planning a festival, like I did the like pre-planning, but when the festival came day of, the people who were really in charge were the executive director and the committee chairperson. They were the people who, especially because I was new on staff, like were at my throat and were in need of me to do X, Y, and Z. And I was a docile, young, naive individual who had personal trouble that I was avoiding anyway. So um, even though we only got so much Shosh, like, the things that she does very much remind me of what I am in a big event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shosh always finds a way to be impactful. Like her, <laughs> like waving that steamer around like a magic wand. I was like, <laughs> great, great work. Um, I was also a Marnie for similar reasons to Julia. Um, it's just, it's 
very easy for me to be a control freak in, in situations like this. And I mean, it's a wedding day, like I think that's fine, but um, also as a fundamentally non-confrontational person, passive aggressive sniping about like, you know, my vision and checking in to see if um, things are up to style and standard or yeah, very, the, the Marnie Drew confluence continues. Uh, <laughs> um, next segment, Fit check. Every episode we highlight an outfit uh, that we found especially striking from this episode. Um, mine, kind of a duel, I guess. Rita Wilson's like magician robe, mother of the bride dress was incredible to me. But uh, I think this is the second time an item of clothing or an accessory has been shouted out on the podcast. But her brass knuckles phone case always makes me laugh so. yes I'm so glad that they've they've kept it around it's an important detail very important I love it um mine well I, there are honestly so many to choose from many of which we've already touched on but I found Bridget Everett's outfit very funny um her like kiss mark like lipstick <laughs> kiss mark tea and her leather jacket like you see that outfit and you're like, there's no way she did Sophia Bush's makeup, right? Like she's <laughs> like this. I don't know. It was it was uh, just such a funny outfit for her to wear and come into Marnie's like uh, folk fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was going to shout out Bridget Everett's outfit, too, because it just reminds me of everyone at like the the strip mall bar like aging punk aging rocker like i know that woman i've met that woman i've partied with that woman <laughs> i think mm -hmm. she's phenomenal in every way except for maybe the thing that she's hired to do professionally mm -hmm. um but you know maybe for the sake of being different i'll go back and shout out elijah's circa 2015 gay underwear wow. i mean uh, just and it shows up again not necessarily that exact pair but those stripes they show up again yeah it, and we should be so grateful <laughs> we should be so grateful like at the end of the day girls is a period piece and it's so important with period pieces to get the costuming exactly right so well done um and then last segment, MVP and LVP, the least valuable player, not the least of Andrew Pump of their episode. LVP for me, obviously, is Desi, um, as it will be, I believe, every episode this season. MVP for me, I think a tie between Jessa and Ray because they both saved the wedding in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Desi is like a, a very sensible LVP. You could also maybe say Marnie's mother, but Desi is certainly worse mm -hmm. and, and just continues to be uh, a very difficult individual. And an MVP, I got a shout out Fran um, for enduring, for if not enduring, also just like engaging in everything that's going on that he's been thrust into. Um, 
I'm not he's not necessarily like my favorite person mm-hmm. on on this show. Um but like on this episode I think he was dealt a difficult hand and as a character slayed and of course as an actor did really brilliant things too but that's another yeah. story always great julia would say you um honestly hannah might be the mvp because she came to her senses and did not ruin the wedding she so easily could have you know followed her usual hannah instinct and told her immediately but she came to her senses and for that reason she is the mvp um and marnie might be the lvp because this is ultimately a really bad decision (laughs) yeah and i don't see a world in which that much lip liner does not need to lead to some sort of environmental catastrophe like that is not bpa safe (laughs) it just isn't (laughs) <laughs> i like that she was willing to accept it she she seems like the kind of person who has like a vision for everything but as soon as this makeup thing was put on her face because she just believes in expertise of people who are close to famous people yes even if they're only so close to famous people that like she was willing to accept just like the scariest thing i've seen in a while oh yeah no if if anyone puts a chocolate brown lip on me and then I try to tell people it looks nice I need someone I permission to slap me permission to get to literally shake me to my senses because I I will have crossed over to true delusion at that point like that that is a point of no return like (laughs) Allison Williams is a genius for coming up with this look (laughs) like she early it's like Lon Chaney levels of physical transformation. So crazy. <laughs> um, Desi, I almost called you. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Desi, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> oh, not Desi. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you both so much for having mm. me on. I had so much fun and it was so much right. fun to get to revisit a text of liberal arts graduates causing problems. Uh, it's something, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. And eternally relevant. Um, if you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? I guess we um, have a few more options this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This was a big week for, for options. Um, but I'll keep it simple because the ones that matter to me are really just Twitter, which you can find me at Big Ugly, all one word, just Big Ugly, B-I-G-U-G-L-Y. And that's also my blue sky if you're there. If you're not there, um, you should just keep pestering people who are. Just do it. People love that. And it works. I don't know when these invite codes are supposed to come. I gave one out already, but I don't know when I'm getting another. Yeah, it it all seems scammy to me, but um, digital media and technology are a grift, um, and we're all just living <laughs> living in the grift. Um, I tried Threads and hated it so much as an experience. Like you can yeah. find me there, um, but I don't know if I'm ever going back. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think we would be buried under. Um, 
like all the meme accounts and stuff anyway like threat my algorithm on threads is completely messed up so i don't i don't want it's the not it's a chore long. to use <laughs> i have not looked at it once i'm not interested the app is not on my phone anymore. It may it lasted eighteen hours. Um, God damn it! Good riddance. It's it's rough. Man, what a what a fun note to go out on. But um, <laughs> all right. Well, until next week, we will be back with season five, episode two. Julia and I are very excited to continue the season with everyone. So uh, stick around and rate and review. Bye. Bye.